Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Hello, welcome to the 82nd episode of What the Wealth. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, certified financial planner and co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today, we're going to talk about some questions we're getting with clients around, you know, what do we think happens next? And what they're really talking about is the back half of the year. And there's a lot of questions and concerns about where the market's been really coming on the last 18 months. We had all-time highs in December of 2021. 2022 was a really brutal year as the Fed raised rates really aggressively to fight inflation. And and so we had a pretty dramatic sell-off. I think the S&P hit down uh, 25% at one point. And so it's just been a really, really hard grind down for the market, for investors and, and client accounts. And so we're getting this question frequently around, what do you think's kind of coming down the pike and, and you know how should we plan for that? So I wanna take a few minutes to discuss kind of what we see coming here, kind of in the, in the short to intermediate term, maybe throughout the rest of the year. And, you know, who knows if this is even right. I'm not really trying to make predictions here. I think these are just things to think about that, you know, it's kind of keeping the market on edge. So first thing I want to talk about is inflation is still continuing to, to come down. And some of that is from the numbers from the, the way they measure inflation is by rolling 12 months. So when we get a new month's inflation report, the the 13th month falls off. And so it's like inflation is really red on kind of this rolling 12-month period. And so we're getting to the point now where inflation from, from late spring and summer is going to start rolling off. And, and as those months roll off, we should see inflation continue to come down. So that's a good thing. That's really a positive for uh, the market and for the economy, uh, for our spending, uh, and and really should probably put us in a position for the Fed to pause their rate hikes. I think that's my consensus. I don't think they really probably should have raised this last time. I think they should should let some of this play out, but but they're being steadfast in those decisions to raise rates. So that's kind of where we are on the inflation front. We did get some news. Uh, most recently, again, that that I think the inflation hit 4.9 is what it was. So that's a, that's a positive. Looking forward, there's a couple of other things that continue to kind of weigh on the market and investors' minds and psyches. The first of them is is still kind of the inflation number, and and the Federal Reserve is is being steadfast in some of their language. While I do think they pause. They're being steadfast in some of their language that if if it warrants, they will continue to raise rates. And so um, the market's a, a little on edge with that. Not much. I think some of that's kind of factored in and be to be expected. 
The other thing to, to think about is the looming debt ceiling. So, you know, we're on a kind of a time crunch where, you know, we're going up against what the Congress has given authority for us to to use to finance and fund our country. And so we're we're coming up against that debt ceiling and and there's really some hardline posturing on both sides about um, you know, not wanting to make any exceptions and then the other side wanting, you know, some pretty strict cuts and what's that gonna do? Ultimately, I think this gets resolved pretty easily. I think they'll obviously wait till the 11th hour and, and it'll take place in witching hour. But I do think something gets done and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. The debt ceiling has been raised uh, around 78 times since 1960. So this is not the first time we've we've had this experience. It certainly probably won't be the last. As we continue to run with a not balanced budget, we continue to spend more money than we take in, uh, we're going to continue to have kind of these debt ceiling conversations. And so that's one of the things that, you know, right now we're really dealing with is, is that debt ceiling. So they've raised the debt ceiling 78 times since 1960. That tells me right there that no one wants to risk a, a default. If we default, now you start to have bigger problems on uh, our integrity as a country and our ability to pay our debts. And then that's going to cause much bigger ripple effects throughout the world. And I, I just don't think the the people in Washington want to run that risk. So uh, I do think it gets resolved. I think it just may take a little bit longer and and kind of get caught up in the headlines. So that's one of the things that I think will cause the market to continue to fluctuate and have some volatility. Another one is, is the banking crisis we're seeing. Uh, we've obviously seen Silicon Valley Bank fail, Signature Bank fail. We've recently first seen First Republic uh, fail. Uh, and, and so there's some ongoing concerns about some other banks, PacWest, Zion. There's a couple of other, Western Alliance. Those are continuing to kind of weigh in on the market. I, I remember seeing some news this past week that PacWest had 10% of their assets leave over the week and and that's not assets 10 percent of their deposits and that's a big that's a big move for a bank and so as rates have gone up it's put a lot of pressure on banks it's put a lot of pressure on you know their their loans their capacity their solvency and and that is still lingering you know i think a lot of people are kind of on pins and needles around you know, do we see another one fall? And, and if so, what's the magnitude? First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank were pretty big banks. And so they are they're catching a lot of news. It's not uncommon to see banks fail. It's common to see four, five, six banks fail per year. You normally don't see the size of banks fail that you've, that you've seen Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic Bank. Obviously, we saw a couple like that in, in the 2008 financial crisis. We saw Wachovia fail at that time. So they can fail. I think everyone's just kind of wondering now, you know, how severe does this get? How far does this spread? And what happens? The irony here is that during the 2008 financial crisis, everyone was worried about too big to fail. The banks being too big and, and too much economic power being controlled by just a few banks and that being bad. And so you know, the, the the idea was we needed more smaller banks, more community banks, more regional banks to help 
uh, take some of the pressure off these larger banks. And and right now we're actually seeing kind of the opposite. The the concern is all in the regional banks and you know the commercial real estate that some of these banks have on their books in the form of you know loans to people and uh, you know if they fail you know what what the impact of that's going to be in a broader spectrum. So the the kind of ironic thing is here now we're seeing these bigger banks benefit from some of these smaller banks fail and people taking their money out of these you know regional community banks and putting them in the larger banks and and it's really kind of a 180 degree flip um kind of ironic here just fly on the wall thinking about some of this stuff so we've talked about you know continued regional banks we've talked about the 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 debt limit uh, the debt ceiling we've talked about federal uh interest rates and then you know there's some talk about a recession the back half of the year you know certainly from a market standpoint the market performance it feels like we've had a recession because it certainly feels like we've had a recession because just the 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 drawdown we've seen the time that it's taken i saw a stat the other day that this is you know the longest drawdown we've seen without hitting a new market high and i think it was 339 days that's the longest we've seen since the great you know financial crisis in 2008 9 time frame so this this is kind of drawing out you know the last 10 years we've gotten used to a big drop and then kind of a quick sharp rebound back up they call it a v-shaped recovery but where the market recovers really quickly and we're not seeing that it's it's dragging out we're in month 17 right now if we count 12 months last year the first five this month you know we're in month 17 right now and this is this is dragging out and it's kind of causing some anxiety and 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 that's normal it's uncomfortable but it's normal and and it's kind of healthy, um, painful as it is. It's it's healthy to to kind of go through some of these times and kind of flush out some of this some of this inflation and euphoria that we've that we've had in in the market. So those are some things you know. Again, talk about a recession. Concern about you know how deep is the recession? How severe is the recession? Is it going to be? Uh, 2008 all over again or, or 2001 and you know tech bubble burst all over again i personally don't think it does you know certainly this is not you know my crystal ball projection this is just me kind of talking around what i think is going on a lot of times recessions you're in a recession well before the recession is actually announced like hey we're in a recession it's it's usually the recession's already there, and then usually, actually, the recession's announced. You as you kind of start to come out of the recession, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of get official word that there was a recession in the back half of this year. If we do, my my guess is it's probably a mild recession. It's probably not severe, and it probably doesn't last uh, too terribly long. But if you think about that, maybe not lasting too terribly long. If we're already eighteen months, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen months into this thing. You know, another six, eight, nine months, which wouldn't be a long recession if that's what it ends up technically being. Well, then it's going to spread out over two years, and that is a long time. You know, if we count kind of market performance and the pull down in the market. So, those are just 
things that are going on. I think, you know, if you're an investor and if you're patient and if you are buying in, if you're younger and you're, you're, you're buying into this market, this is an advantage for you. This is where, you know, you're able to step in and you're, you're able to turn this into positive outcomes. You're able to you know, really make this beneficial for you for your long term. If, if you're older, well, and if you're younger too, and if you have some more runway, you know, consider turning your dividend reinvestments on. Let the dividends that, that are being paid out by, you know, some of your investments buy more shares and, and let those dividends continue to work for you instead of, you know, just paying the cash and sitting there on the sidelines. Use them as a way to kind of dollar cost average and bring your share price down, buy more shares so that over the long run, you've got more uh, shares to grow as we come out of this and the market you know, resumes. So that's some of my thoughts, kind of just economically where we are. I think if you actually look at the data, you know, we're from a market performance standpoint, you know, kind of some of the underlying things, companies raising dividends, buybacks, earnings, some of those things look actually really, really good. And so it'll be interesting how some of this plays out. But those are the kind of the key things that that we're watching and, and clients are questioning. And, and that, again, is, you know, do we have a recession? You know, does the Fed, Federal Reserve, not the Federal Reserve, but, uh, you know, does Congress raise the debt ceiling? And, uh, you know, what, what continues to happen with these banks? And so those are, again, things that we're watching here at Paradigm Wealth Partners. And, you know, we're, we're kind of keeping an eye out for, for our clients. So if you have questions, if you have questions about your portfolio, about your investments, how they work for you, if you if you have the right plan, we'd love to help you. If you haven't already followed us on YouTube, you can do so at Paradigm Wealth Partners or What the Wealth. And then secondly, um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, then subscribe if you don't mind. Um, or if you want to make sure you follow along and be alerted of new episodes. So thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a wonderful weekend. Be confident in your retirement. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. of this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial.